I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, falling trees, and a little bit about nature journaling and sketchnoting. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 441, Tree Fall. If a tree falls in the forest, you know how this goes, and you probably know the answer. It's always more interesting just as a philosophical moment rather than a scientific one. But it's been a weird week. If a tree falls in the forest, sometimes a few months will go by between emergency moments for me, and it's easy to fall into a lull pattern, easy to lose the feeling that you're always waiting for the next crisis, the next shoe to drop. It's been a frustrating week, but time and time again, I thought about the tree. I don't know for sure that a tree fell. I have a bunch of clues at this point that suggest that a tree fell. And I know, you think I'm being all metaphorical and roundabout and couching reality and adages. I do that. I've talked about those darn falling trees in the forest before in exactly that way. It's always been a fascinating question to me, but this time, I actually think a tree fell. I hadn't been awake long one day, a weekend or so ago, and I was reading or playing a game or scrolling YouTube or Instagram or something like that. I hadn't gotten up yet, no coffee, so we'll use that as our benchmark. Just trying to wake into the world and the day, and it was a weekend, soft and slow and no need to really launch myself into the day, so a really slow entry. Until there was this noise. It sounded like a truck full of huge metal pipes had fallen. The pipes tumbling in a crashing cascade of sound. It just sounded like this clattering noise. But I had the sense that it was this metal sound. And all I could think of was pipes. You might think of a truckload of logs in the same way, but in the moment, the sound, it seemed metallic. I don't know why. It was really loud. It was really startling. It was fast, but startling. And then the house shook and then nothing, nothing. It was over and I didn't know what had happened. I was still barely awake. No sirens. Nothing that indicated a truck of metal pipes had actually had an accident nearby. No sirens, nothing to indicate that there had been an accident nearby. While I try not to think about earthquakes, I knew enough to do a quick search and see if anything had been reported. So it was loud enough, and the house shook enough that I thought something really had happened, and surely there would be somebody else posting somewhere about what just happened but nothing. So I laid there, almost afraid to get up and look out the window because all we need is for something really catastrophic to happen in the back. 
or, you know, part of the house to let's not even really go there, but fall over or something like that. I was scared to look out the window, but my house shook and it shook hard and it shook hard as if someone had crashed into the house. Not that I exactly know what that would feel like, but I sort of think if someone drove a truck into the house, it would probably shake just like that. So I finally got really worried. My brain started thinking of all kinds of improbable things that might have happened out back. And I got up and went to the window and I saw nothing from inside looking out that would explain what I had heard and what I had felt. So the moment continued to puzzle me. It really did. And then as I glanced out the window at some later point, I was suddenly struck by the sense that the trees out back look different. Now, I had just been watching a squirrel a few days before that jump between two trees. And a month or so ago, I thought I caught sight of something even larger jumping between the trees, running through these trees. And that scared me quite a bit. I sort of didn't want to look out the window anymore. And maybe really it was a squirrel, but I had the sense it was so much bigger than a squirrel. But since then, I have noticed a lot of squirrels out there. Looking out on this other day, something seemed different. But was it? I couldn't find a photo to show me what those trees should look like through the back window, but I'm convinced that something is different. And then a few days after that, I was driving by the bottom of the hill that's behind us, and I looked up and I could see lots of downed tree limbs, big ones. And it really did seem likely that this whole story goes together. And then the day after that, after going for a walk to clear my head after the worst 911 experience I've ever had, after that, I'd gone for a walk and I was headed back up the hill and I looked up and realized that there is a huge tree, I mean huge, that has fallen. It's one house up from me, I think one or two, if you, you know, drew a line from the house down the hill. That's what it looks like. It's fallen. It's completely uprooted. It's turned over and upside down coming down the hill. And I can't believe nobody is saying, oh my goodness, this tree is going to slide down this hill. I don't know. It's very clear that tree has fallen over. It looks very clear that those are roots sticking up from the top. Completely crazy. Now, I don't know if that tree fell over and caused my house to shake. I don't know. I still don't know if maybe something else fell over. I still think my own tree limbs look different. Clearly more than one tree has fallen. Everything's looking different. It bothers me that I don't know for sure. That I can't just hold up an old photo and say, oh, yeah, see the difference? As for the sound, it isn't what I would have expected. If that sound correlates to movement of one of these trees, it's puzzling. So every day now when I look out, I try and figure it out. Is there more space there? Is the relationship of space between those two trees different? When did that branch that is clearly a stub happen? I saw squirrels moving again, leaping between the trees. And I think last week they were running between the trees differently. I think they had more coverage as they moved. I really think something changed. 
I wish I had a handy little image here or there or a thumbnail sketch or an index card drawing or even a painting on the wall from my son that showed this view out the window last year or five years ago or a photo I might have taken 10 years ago. I really wish I could say with certainty something has changed. In all probability, something has changed and it may have changed slowly and gradually over time. Very possible, very likely, The curtains have been closed most of the last year because it has been unseasonably warm and one of the moves I made was to put up different curtains. So maybe I just didn't notice the changing. Maybe now I am seeing a change and it has nothing to do with the sound or the sense that something ran into the house. I don't know. I always think back to the book When Wanderers Cease to Roam, A Traveler's Journal of Staying Put by Vivian Swift. And I've talked about it in a bunch of episodes most recently, at some point last year when I also talked about another book about travel journaling. But When Wanderers Cease to Roam has come to mind often this year. There have been so many COVID diaries and pandemic journals and illustrated journals from artists documenting their days at home. And that has been really wonderful. And there are just so many of them. That book is one I always think about, especially because of some of the thumbnails in it. It has nothing to do really with what you might expect from a pandemic journal, but for some reason it comes to mind and so do those other journals, the things many of us have been keeping and lots of people are publishing those sketchbooks and journals from this year. So it is a book you might want to check at some point. But those thumbnails, I love how she does nature thumbnails, trees at different times of day or different times of the month or different times of the year. I don't remember exactly what you might find, but I have this really clear image of thumbnails of things like that, views of trees over time. And I'm always really charmed by that whole book. I listened to a podcast recently that I'm going to tack on here because it's also a little bit tree-like. And I think that you will really enjoy it. It's an episode of Mike Brody's podcast, Sketchnote Army, and it is an interview with John Muir Laws. And if you are a nature journaler, then you for sure know of John Muir Laws. You might have used his resources to learn to draw birds or to learn how to keep a nature journal. He's definitely a name that you know, and it was really interesting to hear the two of them talk. And I immediately started making notes, jotting down some of the great phrases and moments of insight that I heard. Definitely, it was a piece I wanted to sketch note. I just found so many little pearls, especially in the first section of it, the first 20 or 30 minutes. I just found so much that I really, really, really was inspired by in listening to John Muir Laws. I was fascinated listening to him talk about how he got started. It was a wonderful parenting moment that put a sketching kit in his hands. And he says that once he had the tools, he just knew what to do. So it was very interesting to listen to that. I was enchanted by the whole conversation. It was also interesting listening and from the outside to these two people And realizing that while John and Mike both have similar processes, they're almost similar, you might think, end products, their journals or sketch notes, they see what they do as really different. They see the overlaps and they see similarities. And that's why John was a guest on Mike's show. 
But they also had really specific ways in which they see the process of nature journaling and sketchnoting as different. It was interesting to listen to. It was interesting to think about. If you listen, you'll hear John talk about the importance of words and pictures in nature journaling. So those are the two big components of sketchnoting, but also of numbers, the quantification step, the measuring step, really important in nature journaling. Quote, be really explicit about using the words, pictures, and numbers, end quote. Quote, make maps, make maps, make diagrams, make cross sections, visually represent what you are seeing. And then add in the notes that explain what it is, he says. He says to intentionally measure things, time things, count things, estimate things. Really loved all of that at all brings the science aspect in, the observational aspect brings it in. He says that the way your brain works when you count things is different than when you draw things. And he sees this as helping you use all of your brain and helping you see things that you might not have seen. Helping you notice things, he says, quote, that you have never seen before. The full quote is, Quote, use the journaling and your bag of tricks to slow you down and to get you to pay attention again and again and again until you start to notice things that you had never seen before. End quote. Some great lines that I wrote down, just wonderful lines that all go into the sketch note that I will do of this podcast. Your journal is an invitation to step into that world, into the infinite, he says. Really some beautiful language and some beautiful discussion. He has an example about an ordinary poppy and seeing it. And as a nature journaler, what you do then, what you record and how you slow down and really look at it and try and understand it and try and notice something that you have not noticed before or wonder something about it that you have not wondered before. So there's a lot of discussion of mystery and of really, really slowing down, digging deep and looking in, really zooming in your understanding of one little thing that you're looking at, focusing in that way. His mantra, he says, is I notice, I wonder, it reminds me of. He goes through how to do that, how to start, get something down, and then where you go from there. And I think you will want to go listen because it was a really fascinating conversation And definitely one that I found really wonderful to listen to. I think there's a lot of crossover between how nature journaling works and how sketchnoting works. But then I think a whole bunch of things sort of fit as sketchnotes that maybe are a little different than exactly what a sketchnote is. It is a format that I find really flexible. And I really love hearing different people talk about it and how they use it. It is a format that I find part of how I keep an illustrated journal, how I document my days. I know right now I'm all caught up in just portraits, 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 but in and around that, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that is very sketchnote driven and sketchnote directed and trying to get down the core words, the key points, and the bit of visual to help immediately tie it together and almost make it more digestible, that you see it and you take it in rather than just this big block of text. So definitely 
if sketchnoting is new to you, definitely go look at Mike's book. It's a wonderful book. My library has it. I check it out frequently. And you can probably find it at yours as well. And then pull up his podcast. It's great. He does all kinds of different workshops and things. And you might want to check into those too because he's a really cool guy and his sketch notes are awesome. And I think that you would find lots of ways to use that approach and those kinds of lessons and reminders and techniques in your own journaling or daily diary or sketchbook or visual journal, whatever you call what you do. So that would be my suggestion. I will post links to his book and the podcast and that specific episode in the show notes. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for today. It feels like a while since I've been here. The tree fell a while ago. It has been a long week. I have been working hard on ramping up and trying to somehow bring something into being with what I want to do in terms of YouTube. And that doesn't just mean drawings. It doesn't just mean podcast talk. It also includes some productivity videos, especially using Notion. I've put some things out, but they definitely are suffering. It's very frustrating. I'm still plugging away at it, but it seems like I spend a good chunk of time doing it and then pull it all up to work on it and realize something was wrong or something had happened. And so I am continuing to plug away at it. I do have a few videos up about using Notion for organizing your drawing and improving your productivity and your personal documentation and your drawing and creative life documentation. One of those videos has some serious audio problems and it makes me sick to my stomach. I probably should pull it down and redo it, but things work a little different there. So for the moment it's there, I probably will redo it. But the next one shows a Kanban board approach and how I can just pull up a list of drawings by color or by specific ink or any other property and the flexibility of that. And I think you will enjoy it if you're someone whose brain works that way. So it takes just a little bit of time each day to log my drawings. And then that data is there and I can look at it and pull it in all different kinds of ways. And that's a really wonderful thing. And I am really tempted to go back and log some of my previous journals, maybe, maybe the 50 before 50 journals. Very tempted to do that. So I will be talking more about it. And I would ask that you consider following at YouTube if you are at all interested. I am putting out more podcast talk there too, along with just some simple drawing type videos. Really, you could just draw along while you listen. And I am doing some of that and that doesn't all cross over here to the podcast. So it is sort of a separate little bit of talk now and then. So I would ask that you follow if you are interested in hearing more. So that's that. And as always, I am Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. You will find links to all the things I mentioned today in the show notes, and I typically do include other things and other summary and a little bit more about whatever it is I've talked about. Not always, but usually. 
I encourage you to consider visiting the show notes. I think it is not something that happens. People use players. But if you're ever curious about anything I've talked about, you can visit the show notes. Thank you to those of you who support the CMP in any way, including Kofi or Amazon Wishlist, starting your shopping from the CMP for Amazon. Thank you to those of you who support the CMP at Patreon. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.